We started a series last week called the R3 series, Restore, Renew, and Rebuild. And we know that God has a divine plan, and he uh, is, is, is allowing it and causing it to be in action and to be uh, fully proved out today in and through us. And so we also see in the book of Isaiah that there were some things that God wanted to share uh, with the Israelites. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time just breaking bread together in revisiting God's plan to restore, renew, and rebuild. And so if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 3 and 4. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the all of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified, that they shall build the oasis, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. And if we just take a moment to reflect on that, and we can see generations upon generations before these words were spoken by the prophet Isaiah, that there were generations of falling away. And maybe we would even look at our society today and we would say that there's been a generations of falling away, that we don't, you know, worship God the way we should. We don't spend time meditating and reflecting on him like we should, that we just tend to go astray and allow all the other things of the world to take precedence over God. And we're reminded of the scripture that says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you. In other words, maybe we just get it twisted. We get it flipped around. We put the cart before the horse. Have you ever seen a horse trying to push a cart with his head? It doesn't work very well, does it? It's so important that that horse uses everything that he has to do what he's called to do, to pull that cart. And so it's so important that we do what we're called to do, and that's to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you. So we spent last week in talking about restoring and how important it is that God had a plan to restore us to bring us back to a better place than we were before. And so let's just spend a little bit of time in thinking about that and meditating on that uh, as this idea of a state of improving, that we're improving upon the relationship that we have with God. And we see in the book of Isaiah, it says that he's making beauty for ashes. He's turning joy for mourning. He's given us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Anybody in here ever had a spirit of heaviness? And it just kind of weighed on you. And God wanted to give us so much joy and, and peace and, and that we could give him praise, but that spirit of heaviness just seemed to just sit on us. And so we see something here that that restoring, that redeeming, that pull, pulling us out of that heaviness that mourning, that sadness that God had for each and every one of us. And so he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to do that very thing, to rescue us, to redeem us from sin and death. 
And no, not just so that we could be redeemed, not just so that we could, we, we, we could be taken out of those things, but God had a divine purpose. And so think about it like this. Maybe you uh, have had a situation, and there are, we know that there are addictions in this world, right? I like to say it this way, that everything in this world is addictive. Coffee, having fun, movies, drugs, my wife. The only thing that's not addictive in this world is God. He says, choose you this day whom you will serve. Now, when we taste and see that the Lord is good, it fills us with joy that we can't even explain, that it seems like and it feels like it's addictive. But you know what? Each day, God gets up, asks us to get up and say, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Are you going to serve me? Are you going to trust me? Are you going to depend upon me? And it's so important that we take a moment to just Think about that relationship that we have with the Lord. See, Jesus said, think it not strange that I say unto you, you must be born again. So we spend a little time thinking about this renewing process. And first we go through a process of being restored, that we're being, things are being brought better than they were before. So maybe you've had an addiction in your life and you've been restored. Maybe you got out of sorts with family member. You got out of sorts with family and you needed to be restored back in that relationship. But when you got back in, something needed to change. Because if something didn't change, it's like this. See, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And so maybe we've uh, got out of that situation that we were in. Maybe we got out of that bondage that we were in, but if something didn't change, we quickly find ourselves back in it. We quickly find ourselves doing those same things. Like Paul said, the thing that I want to do, I do not. The thing that I don't want to do, it seems like that's what I do. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of sin? See, it wasn't so much just being rescued out of that situation, but we needed deliverance from this body of sin. That's where the renewing comes in. Let's talk about it a little bit. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 13. And it says this, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, have he quickened, made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. So let's just spend a moment talking and thinking about that, that we're in need of being forgiven of all of our trespasses. So in this passage, Isaiah is talking about the acceptable year of the Lord. He references that in verse 2. He's proclaiming to the people that God wants to do a great work, that he wants to do a transformative work in you and I. And that there is mourning, there's brokenness, there's a relationship that's needed to be restored. And so he spends a little time reminding us of Jesus. See, in Isaiah's view, there's a coming 
of that restoration, a bringing back of that restoration. And maybe it's the Israelites, and maybe in your life it's, it's you, and maybe it's somebody else. That there's a bringing back, there's a renewing that needs to occur to make the relationship right by making us alive again. See, it's not enough, saints, just to be restored. It's not enough just to get the house back the way it was. It may be us looking a little better, but there's something that has to happen on the inside of each and every one of us. See, there's a renewing that needs to occur. When restoration occurs, when we receive back more, it's vital that we start anew. It's vital that we have a new heart, a new mind, a new spirit. And so Isaiah is spending some time and he's prophesying to the Israelites in the book of Isaiah, the 61st chapter, and he's reminding them that the people have turned from God, that their hearts turned, that they've allowed themselves to fade away, and they did not receive him with humility and with love for others, but instead made meaningless sacrifices at the temple. Maybe you and I have been there before. Maybe you've come to church and are just kind of going through the motions. Anybody ever been there? You kind of just made a sacrifice, you, you got up this morning, you put some shoes on, you really didn't want to go, you combed your hair, you got your sandals out, you can say, well, at least I can put a little bit of makeup on or, and, and, and I'll make this sacrifice and I'll go. But you sat here like a lump on the log. You heard a whole lot of words, but it was like murmuring in your ear. You really didn't hear anything. It was just kind of like one ear and out the other. I remember most of my childhood, that's kind of how it was. And so we make a, an unheartfelt sacrifice. We've had an opportunity to be restored, but we haven't been renewed. And so the Israelites went through this over and over and over again. We see in Scripture where they would fall away and drift away from God, and God would draw them back. He'd rescue them. He'd pull them out of Egypt. He'd get them from captivity. He'd cause the, the, the brokenness to be healed. And each time they would just spend a little bit of time with God and then they would fall away. So God was wanting them to see that there was a, something going on that in all of that restoring, Something wasn't being renewed. See, the heart of man needed to be renewed. See, Jesus said it this way. He said, think it not strange when I say unto you, you must be born again. That you can't do the same thing over and over again expecting a different result. That it has to be born anew. And so the title of this message today is The Planting of the Lord. The Planting of the Lord. Would you look with me in Isaiah, the 61st chapter, verse 3. The latter portion of, uh, we're going to call it 3B. The latter portion of Isaiah 61, 3 says this. 
that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And so we see a couple of things else also here in, in, in the book of Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah is writing this. He's reminding us about our heart. He's reminding us of that change, and he's using a couple of words and phrases. One of them is he's, he speaks of the everlasting joy that we have in the Lord, that we would allow our joy to be full with him. He also reminds us of the robe of righteousness, that our life in God can be a righteous life, that we can be clothed in his robe and his righteousness. And then he also reminds us in chapter 62, the crown of glory. Like, what crown are we wearing? Are we wearing the crown of glory? Are we allowing God to be our high tower, our high place? And so Isaiah speaks of the assurance of righteousness, of this robe of righteousness that comes only from God. You know, we can try to put on a whole lot of robes. We can put on a whole lot of things. But the robe of righteousness can only come from God and God alone. So we can try to do it ourselves. And the Bible reminds us of that very point. Our righteousness is like filthy rags. And so we need God to do that for us. So Isaiah thinks and he, and he speaks about this as the Holy Spirit gives it to him in verse 10 and 11. Here is what he says. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom deck, decketh himself with ornaments, as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. For as the earth bringeth forth her bud, and as the garden causeth the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. And so Isaiah is speaking some prophetic and profound words here. He's saying that, we can't do it for ourselves, but God can. And if we trust God, if we lean upon him, he will bring it to pass. So the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all nations. That all nations will have the righteousness of God if we trust him, if we lean upon him. So why would there be this assurance of righteousness? When there has been so many times of the Israelites falling away, and maybe even us, not because of ourselves, but because of the Lord, that he was coming to do a great work, that the planting of the Lord would be in us and come through us. See, this theme of spiritual renewal is only possible in the life of a believer, the planting of the Lord. And maybe you've sat here and you've thought about that before, of what is God doing in your heart? What has he done? It's his seeds of righteousness planted in you. The planting of the Lord. That his seeds of righteousness would rise up in you. That it would be a great and mighty tree. 
full of fruit for the Lord. And so there are some steps to renewing, to be made new, that we need to really understand and look at here in Scripture. The first step is the planting of the Lord's Spirit. Jesus Christ said it himself. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto me but comes unto the Father but by me. And so Jesus Christ is that, is that way. He is what makes us that new creature. Remember his words, think it not strange when I say unto you, you must be born again. Look what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It's important that we understand a little bit of that when we think about that word new. See, it means to make a right relationship. That we have a right and a new relationship with God. That we've been regenerated, that we're no longer the same, that we become alive, that we're new, that we've been born again. Titus 3 5 says this not the works, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. See, God is washing us. He's regenerating us. He's doing a work in us that no other work can be done but by him. Maybe you've had those moments of being feeling addicted to the things of this world. And maybe you've had moments of thinking about being restored, being spiritually renewed. Have your mind cultivated and changed. See, it starts with that renewing of our spirit, renewing of our heart towards the Lord that we are changed in the twinkling of an eye, that we become a regenerated spirit, but it doesn't just stop there. See, there's a step two to that process as well. The planting of the Lord in our mind. See, Ephesians 4, to 24 says it this way, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. See, what, it's, what it's reminding us of is that the day we got saved, we became new in Christ. We became a regenerated spirit, but we were still in this same old body. This mind still has some of the same old thoughts. Our desires and our wills still had some of those same desires. And so it's so important that not only that our spirit be renewed, not only that we come alive, the Bible says we were dead in trespasses and sins. And at the moment you accepted Christ, you became alive. Now that life inside of you wants to serve the Lord. But that death inside of your flesh doesn't want to serve God. Wants to do other stuff. And it's so important that now we reshape and renew our mind. Look what else it says. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he hath saved us by the washing 
of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. And then Ephesians 4 says this, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in your spirit of your mind, that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So we get to put off. We get to take off the old man. We get to take off that old mind. But we do that by the word of God. We allow his word to saturate and transform our mind. Here's a study that I, that, that I saw recently, and it said this, that only 28% of Christians ever open up and read their Bible. 28%. When the large majority of Christians Never pick up their Bible. Never read the Word of God. Never allow God to speak to them through His Word. That should break our heart. We have a God that loves us so much. He wants to hear from us. He wants to talk to us. He's given us his word to do that very thing, to hear from him, to allow him to speak to us. See, these are not just words on a page. This is God wanting to speak to the people that he loves. This is God wanting to tell you and I how much he cares for us. How much his promises are faithful and true. That we can, we can literally pick up this word of God and hear from God. And that he's not a dead God. He's not a boring God. He's a God that's alive. He's a God that's exciting. <laughs> He's a God that has great and wonderful things for you and I. And he wants to tell us all about it. And God is a great storyteller. He wants to sit there and he wants to, he says, son, come here, let me tell you a story. Daughter, just come by the fire that burns. Sit by the fire. Maybe I'll have some cookies. Maybe I'll give you a little milk. And let's talk about it. So often, if we're not careful, if we're not intentional, we'll miss it over and over and over again. And we'll hear from ourselves, never take time to hear from God. And so he's reminding us about this renewing, that we need our spirit renewed. And we need our mind renewed. Romans 12, 2 says this, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is what the Israelites kept going through. 
They kept turning away from God. They kept listening to themselves. They didn't allow themselves to be renewed day by day. See, the benefits of Israel's renewal and ours is to listen to God, hear his voice. Allow him to speak to you in a mighty, mighty way. Allow him to provide truth and victory and power that only comes from God. It doesn't come from anybody else. It definitely doesn't come from Jeff Williams. It comes from God and God alone. He loves us just that much that he wants to plant himself in us. And then we have that step three, the planting of the renewed confidence in him. God wants to plant himself in us, renew us, transform our inner man. God wants to plant himself in our mind. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And then the Lord wants to plant his renewed confidence of hope. In him, not hope in ourselves, but hope in him. See, this spiritual renewal only is possible in the life of a believer. Not an unbeliever, but a believer. And God does something with that new. He plants himself. He plants the Lord. And so we're able to clearly see it. That this renewed confidence in the Lord's salvation and his righteousness is what allows us to now produce fruit for the uplift of his kingdom. Look with me in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 and 8. And here we see that time has went on a little bit. And the Israelites have went through a little bit of trial just as Isaiah had prophesied and reminded them if they didn't turn their heart to the Lord, if they didn't come back to him, if they didn't allow him to renew them, that they would go into captivity, that they would go into bondage. And at the time of Jeremiah, he's talking to the, to the people about this very bondage. But he's reminding them that God has a deliverance, that God hasn't forgotten about you, that God isn't... Uh, hasn't turned his back and walked away from you. And so he says these words in Jeremiah 27, verse 7 and 8. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. So that trust is believing in him. And we do that for, in, unto salvation. But we also see that hope that confidence that we have in him. When we trust him, when we follow his plan, he renews our confidence. He renews our hope. He reminds us that he never leave us and will never forsake us. And look what will happen. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out his roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaves shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. 
See, that's the results of us when we trust him, when we allow him to do the transforming work, that our hope and our confidence is built, and we're like that tree planted by the water that spread out its roots by the river. And even though the sun, even though trials, even though things may come in this life, it won't wither us. It won't destroy us. We won't be so concerned about those things, careful about the drought of not having, careful about and concerned about all the things of this world. And get to the point that we're fearful and worried about so many things that we miss the beauty that God has for us. And it says, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Our renewed confidence, our renewed mind, our renewed spirit all brings together so that we would yield the fruit that only comes from God. See, you see this renewal of life, this renewal of mind, and this renewal of confidence in him causes the fruit to be produced. And when those fruit are produced, they glorify God. The Bible reminds us his mercies are new every morning. And so every morning we are able to get up and see what God is doing. We're able to trust him and glorify his name. Because he is the one that holds the time, the hour, and the day. And so I love how Isaiah made this statement. Remind us of this very point in 63, verse 3, that they might be called trees of righteousness. See, we're trees of righteousness. If you know the Lord as your Savior, you're not a sinner saved by grace. You are a saint. You are righteous. And God calls you a tree of righteousness. It goes on to say, the planting of the Lord. How did it all happen? Because God did the planting. God tilled the soil of your heart and my heart. He wanted it to be planted with him. This assurance of righteousness, this assurance of right relationship with God is because of the Lord and his work of him planting in us when we did the letting for God to do the planting, that he might be glorified. Turn with me to the book of John, chapter 15, verse 8. It says this, herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. See, that's how the Lord gets glory from us. By us bearing fruit. And Jesus did the work. He planted it. He grew it, and it produced fruit. And we can resist the planting, 
we can resist the growing, and we can never produce fruit if we don't allow ourselves to be renewed. See, the renewing process is not just a one-time, it's a continual throughout our life. That yes, we are renewed in, in salvation, but there's a sanctification process of renewing day by day. That we get up and we say to ourselves, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That he is the one that's created. His mercies are new every morning. I will glorify him and give him praise. I will allow him to pour into me, to plant more of his righteous and holy seeds in me, to renew my mind daily so that my mind doesn't think like society, doesn't think like the world, doesn't have all those views that are contrary to the word of God and are contrary to the truth because I just want to have an opinion and it sounds good. But we stand on his promise. And then we watch what he does. He produces. It comes out of us. We can't help but let it come out. Because we've been planted by the Father. And verse 9 through 11 says this, And the Father hath loved me. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Did you hear what Jesus was saying there? All these things so that God's joy would remain in us and that joy would be full. See, the joy that we're talking, that God is, is, is giving us supersedes anything the world could understand. Any happiness, any peace, any fun that the world could ever try to can't even compare to the joy of the Lord. And he just didn't want to just redeem us to, to restore us back, but he wanted to do something wonderful and amazing so that we would never turn back and be destroyed again. And we would never be dead in our trespasses and sins, but we would be alive in Christ. And not just alive, he says, you should, that, that you will have life more abundantly. But you won't just have life, but it'll be abundant life. And it comes through his renewal. Renewal for salvation. Renewal for sanctification. Then there's a glorification coming that we would be able to praise and shout his name for all eternity. But while we're here, saints, let's allow God to do the renewing process.
Allow him to do the work in us so that we can bear much fruit for him. And our joy will be full. 